Hello, you're listening to Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church. Stephen Pollock is the pastor of Free Presbyterian Church of Malvern, Pennsylvania. The church is located at the junction of 401 and Mallon Road. Thank you for joining us today as Dr. Pollock opens the Word of God and lets the Bible speak. Well, let's take our Bibles up again tonight, turning once more to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're in this little section in chapter 5, of course, this whole section looking at the subject of the church waiting for the Lord's return, expecting Christ to come, and the various instructions are given in light of that reality. In verse 16 through 18, we have these three commands. Uh, that come, as I've said, come as a group, come with a real strong linking of thought. And let's read together again verse number 16 through 18. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I won't labor the point, but simply remind you again that these three verses come together and that they relate to the corporate church gathering. When the church meets together, joy, prayer, and thankfulness should mark our gatherings. That is to be so at all times, whatever the circumstances Remember the context is of the church gathering. And then you have verse 16, 17, and 18. Uh, you have three terms that are used indicating joy, prayer, and thanksgiving at all times, no matter what's happening around us. Now, of course, all times means all times. All circumstances means all sorts of circumstances. But it seems likely that the particular focus is on obeying these commands when it seems to be unlikely, or in those seasons when we're inclined away from these things. Let's be honest, there are times when joy comes more easily, and there are times when we're quicker to get to prayer, and there are times when we're more thankful than others. And so the focus here is that in those times when these things are particularly challenging, we've got to arouse ourselves by the help of the Spirit of God and ensure that we obey these things to please the Lord. Joy and prayer and thankfulness at all times in every circumstance. When you get to verse number 18, Paul is not suggesting we should be thankful for everything, but in everything. That term's often used. There are things in our lives that certainly come as tremendous challenges and things that are marked by the fact that sin's in the world. There are some things that happen simply because this world is broken by the fall. But while I say, and many repeat this term, we're not to thank God for everything but in everything, I think there is a counter-argument against that also. For surely even... The evil things in our lives also work for our good. And so there's a sense in which we should give thanks for everything also. Even those times of tremendous affliction and chastisement from God, all things work for good. My Paul has made this point in other letters. This idea of giving thanks in everything is something he comes back to on different occasions. 
You think of the church in Ephesus, chapter 5, verse 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Or you could turn back quickly to Philippians chapter 4. We, we know the last time there's a parallel here. Philippians chapter 4 and the verse number 6. Be careful for nothing. And here please note, but in everything. And if you skip the next two parts, in everything with thanksgiving. In other words, though there are things in our lives that would cause anxiety and care, even in those times, we are to come to God with thanksgiving. And so that's why I say this idea of in everything give thanks, it is, it's all-encompassing. It's in those difficult times, those times that may naturally provoke anxiety. In all of those occasions, we are to ensure that we are thankful the command, verse 18, back for our chapter 5, in everything give thanks, the command is very, very simple. To give thanks is to relate appreciation, gratitude for something received or for someone. Again, there are various ways in which you may give thanks. You may give thanks for your wife as a person. You may give thanks for a gift that you get as for something that is given unto you. But in everything, we are to give thanks to God. Now, to help us to understand this, I'm going to use Paul's own example to apply the exhortation. Paul is personally obedient to the will of God. Again, our text tells us this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And we, we see the will of God revealed in the precepts of God's Word, in the commands of God's Word, but we also see the will of God revealed in the patterns of God's saints, in their conduct in the things of God. And so we can examine Paul's conduct, and we will see these, he's, a, he's a preacher who practices what he preaches. And in his own life, he is thankful in everything. And so we're going to use his example as he would follow the Lord, so we are to follow him. And just three very simple thoughts. First of all, we are to seek to be thankful for God's grace unto salvation. Thankfulness for God's grace unto salvation. The child of God must always start here and not stray far from here. We are never too long in the faith to forget to be thankful to God for his saving grace. And yet, let's be honest, there are times we take for granted what God has done for us in his grace. God has been pleased to set his love upon us. He takes us from the fearful pit, from the mary clay, and he puts our feet upon a rock. And we are those here to earn thanks for God for his saving grace. In general, we can thank God for the work of redemption. We thank God for the Son. Paul does so. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 15. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. There's thankfulness for redemption in the broadest sense. Christ and all that Christ is for us, Paul returns thanks to God. The Son comes as a gift from God. God so loved the world, He gives His only begotten Son, the Son of His bosom, given for our salvation, sent into this world. 
And not only to live an example around us, but ultimately to bear our sins in his body to the tree. This is the gift of God in redemption. And we're thankful for that. Again, if you find yourself someday and you, you know in your mind, you think to yourself, oh, I must be thankful today. And you think, well, what, what, am I, what will I be thankful for? Go back to this. Thank the Lord God for sending his son to be your saviour. And so there is that general sense of thanking God for redemption. But salvation, of course, is also very personal. God saves individuals. And so we can thank God for his grace in our election. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, please, and the verse number 13. Because remember I said we're going to use Paul's example here. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 13. And you see it in your own Bibles there. You'll see verse number 13. It says, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. And so the thankfulness that Paul expresses here is a thankfulness to God for his actions before time began. Thankful that from the beginning, God hath chosen these Thessalonican believers to be saved as they're set apart by the Spirit when they come to believe the truth. Election. Again, we said on Sunday past, this is a very, very important doctrine. It does not, it should not divide God's people. It should be that doctrine that we hold to be precious. What is election? It is God setting his love upon us. It is the almighty, eternal God choosing to love us from all eternity. And that is surely something we ought to give thanks to God for. So undeserving. So hell-deserving. And yet God has chosen to love us in his grace. But we also give thanks to God not only for his election, but also for his work in conversion. Turn back now again to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And here I could have turned you to almost all of the New Testament epistles. For Paul consistently begins his epistles by thanking God for the believers, often in connection with the work for them. 1 Thessalonians Chapter 1, verse 2, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of, your, of, your, of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God. And again, you see here that Paul is thankful not only for the fact that God chose these people from all eternity, but in time and in history, he brought these people to saving faith, that they were converted by grace from idolatry to serve the one true and living God. And so verse number 5 says, The gospel came to them empowered and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. He's thanking God that the gospel was effective in their lives. The only reason that you believe tonight is because God in his sovereignty allows the gospel to be effective in your life. That's chapter 2 and the verse number 13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, 
ye heard what ye heard of us, ye received it not of the word of man, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Verse 13, for this cause also thank we God. Where would you want to be tonight? Can you think of something in your life that you'd want more than being converted? Would you be happy, happy in the world tonight? Happy in some drunken stupor somewhere having a good time, supposedly? Would you be happy in some other place, an unhappy home, living a life out of Christ, without hope and without God in the world? We've got to come back to this all the time. We are what we are by the grace of God. And we must determine in our souls every day to remember this and to in everything give thanks for God's saving grace. And say, Romans, start the same way. I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. Corinthians, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you. Philippians, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Paul is overflowing in thankfulness as he reflects upon God's grace in converting souls. You turn very quickly to Colossians. I'll just show you one other place. Colossians chapter 1. In the verse number 3, we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. He's thankful. He's heard, verse 4, of their faith in Christ Jesus. He's heard of their conviction regarding the Lord. They've come to know the Lord. And then verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Saving grace. You see, we can be thankful in everything because our salvation is over and above everything. Salvation transcends life itself. You may lose your liberty and still have salvation. You may lose your livelihood and still have salvation. You may lose loved ones and still have salvation. You may lose health and life itself and still have salvation. You can lose all of these things and you're still forgiven. You're still justified. You're still adopted. You still have the inheritance. All of these things, they transcend everything this life offers. And there are things that we give thanks to God for. We thank God for liberty and for livelihood and for loved ones and for life. We thank God for these things and we should do. But we can lose all of those things. And we still have God's saving, merciful grace. And sometimes I think we lack thankfulness because we value these saving realities less than we value the things that we see. And so when, when is it difficult to be thankful? It's when we lose those things that we count dear. We lose the things that we see. And a thankful spirit, it, it, it drains from our souls. And in such times, we've got to come back to say, what do I have in Christ Jesus? And in Christ, I have everything. It's hard to sing, isn't it? Take the world, but give me Jesus. And yet for the child of God, this must be our reality. Thankfulness to God. It is, after all, the God that saves us. It's all of God, all of grace. And so we should be thankful to God for his grace and salvation. We should also be thankful to God for his grace and sanctification. 
God's grace is that which sanctifies us. And again, back to Second Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse number 3. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 3, where again we see Paul expressing thankfulness. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, as it is suitable, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. So in the first epistle, his focus is on the fact they're just newly converted. When he writes to them later on, he sees the sign of growth, of increase in their faith, in their conviction, in their tenacity to Christ Jesus, and in their charity that they show to each other. He's thanking God for sanctification. You know, sanctification, we are are responsible to put on Christ. We are responsible to grow in faith. But ultimately, we only are sanctified more and more because of God's work. Hence, we are bound to give thanks to God for this in ourselves and in others. You think of how Paul thinks about the end of the Christian life or Resurrection Day. The joy of the victory we have in Christ Jesus. He understands, but thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So victory at the end comes through Christ. And that means each step of the way towards that comes through Christ. And we must give thanks to God for it. You'll see the same. We 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 saw it in Colossians very briefly, but please turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 16. Again, the same idea of thankfulness to God. And Paul says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Verse 16. Well, verse 15 tells us why. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Again, he's returning thanks to God as he sees the grace and the love of the church in Ephesus. Thankfulness for sanctification. It's true for the church in Rome. It's true for the church in Ephesus. It's true for the church in Corinth of all places. Thankfulness even though the church is far from perfect. Thankfulness in everything give thanks. Remember Thessalonians? In every circumstance, at all times, connected with the church gathering, with public corporate gathering, coming into the house of God and looking around the congregation and giving thanks for the signs of sanctification, even though the church is far from perfect. Corinth, you think of all the troubles in Corinth, all manner of confusion regarding gifts, how they were abused in the Lord's Supper and that precious gift, and yet Paul can still thank God for his work in their lives. We see faults and fractures. We struggle to see faith and charity. I think as God's people in a new year, we should ask for God to grant us the eyes to see It is the will of God that we are thankful. Therefore, we must have the eyes to see grace in the sanctification of others in our congregation. That we look around and we see the signs of growth and progress. And you say, oh, so-and-so, they make me want to pull my hair out. Maybe that's not your experience. Hope it's not. But it might be. And you find yourself struggling with frustration. 
But don't forget that that brother or sister, they're on a journey to likeness of Christ Jesus, and sin still remains. And as you think of them and the things that frustrate you, focus upon the things that show God's grace in their lives. Think of how they manifest the Word of God in their souls. And as you do so, don't forget your own thoughts, for perhaps they're also pulling their hair about you also. You see, we live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen church, a church marked by many faults and failures. And yet by God's grace, Paul says, in everything give thanks at all times and every circumstance, even though the church may struggle and may be a source of frustration. May God help us to still give thanks for God's grace. Well, thirdly, we are thankful for God's grace unto service, salvation, sanctification, and also service. The various ministerial abilities, I'm using ministerial there with regard to service abilities, the service abilities given to every congregation are termed gifts. Isn't that right? The gifts are given to a church. This gift, that gift, the other gift, given according to the Spirit of God, as He gives a manner of faith to every man. They are gifts that come from God, and therefore we must give thanks for those gifts. Turn back now to 2 Corinthians. Just to illustrate this, of course, Paul is the example of this in his own ministry. He would say, by the grace of God, I am what I am. His grace bestowed upon me was not in vain. He understands that he is what he is by the gift of God, by the grace of God. And so there is a need for thankfulness. But 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and the verse number 14. He's talking about the troubles they've had in the ministry, the difficulties they've had, all manner of persecution, even the point of death. And then verse 14, Now thanks be unto God, in the manner of all of our troubles, in all of our crisis, in persecution, in false doctrine and false teaching, in all of these things, thanks be to God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savour of his knowledge by us in every place. Here's a cause for thankfulness. Paul recognises that though the way is difficult, God is using them to manifest the savour of Christ, the sweet savour of Christ, verse 15, in them that are saved. Oh, the blessing of God. The savour comes as either life or death, depending on faith or rejection. For those who love the Lord, that savour is sweet to them. They delight in what Christ is for them. But Paul is making the point, thanks be unto God, for God makes manifest the savour by us. He understands it's by the grace of God that gifts are used for the glory of God in the church. You think also 2 Corinthians chapter 8, he even makes the point that it is God's grace that gives a desire for service in his people. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 16, But thanks be to God, which put the same earnest care into the heart of Titus for you. There's a cause for thankfulness. Are there not times in this church that people show you love, show you encouragement? Give thanks to God that he put the same care into the heart of, and you put that person's name in there, put the same care into their heart for you. We take love in the church for granted. 
We just presume that God's people should show love to us. But when love is manifest to us in the church, that is a mark of God's sovereign grace and kindness. He's put the love in their hearts to then show that love to others. And so we are to be thankful as a church. We ought to take the time to see and to recognize gifts in the church. All manner of gifts that you could again reflect upon our congregation and see that these gifts come from the Lord and give thanks to the Lord for those gifts. God has given us so many kind gifts in our church. And for these things we must give God the thanks and all the glory. God does give us many temporal gifts. Food and clothing and shelter and health. And we we, we give God thanks for these temporal blessings. But these things can come and go. They can change in degree and timing. But these spiritual blessings, the grace of God and salvation and sanctification and for service of the church, these are God's gifts that come at all times. And for these things we can be thankful in everything. No matter what comes, at all times and in every circumstance. And so if we keep in mind that these words in Second or First Thessalonians chapter five, these words are given to the church in light of their corporate gathering, we could ask in closing, how must we display thankfulness in our congregational gatherings? Well, in our public prayers. I have the responsibility in the Lord's Day, the elders do also, to lead in prayer. And we must make sure that our prayers come with a tone of thankfulness. That we realize that as we gather together, we do so giving thanks to the Almighty God who saved us and keeps us in His grace. And it is vital that even as we pray together here in this gathering, that our prayers have this sense of thankfulness. That though there are things in this world and in our lives and in the church that cause us to weep and to mourn, yet still, by God's grace, we are saved and he sent his Son into this world. Therefore, we must come with thankfulness in everything. Give thanks in our prayers, in our praise, the choice of the hymns and the psalms that we sing. Not all necessarily of a thankful nature, not all one style, but surely there must be some reflection of thankfulness in our public worship and praise. Hebrews 13, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lives, giving thanks to his name in your personal interaction. Do people around you know that you're thankful for God's grace? Do they see you so downcast and despondent that they wonder, do you really appreciate all that God has done for you? Do you spend your life and all you talk about is the troubles and the burdens and you find it so difficult to express to others your thankfulness for what God has done for you? Simple command and everything give thanks. But how we must have the Spirit of God to help us obey this command to the honour and glory of Christ Jesus. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Let the Bible Speak from Malvern Free Presbyterian Church. If you'd like more information about the gospel or the church, please call 610-993-3170 or email malvernfpc at yahoo.com. 
The church is situated at 80 Mallon Road, Malvern, Pennsylvania, at the junction of 401 and Mallon Road. We meet for worship on the Lord's Day at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. A Bible study and prayer meeting is also held on Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We preach Christ crucified.